Jose, is he the chance at the end of the boring, boring Chelsea stuff? Is that is it jealousy because you're going to win the title? Is it frustration because they can't beat you? You know, I think boring is, is 10 years without a title. That's very boring. Uh, you know, you support a club uh, and you are waiting, 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 and, and for so many years without a Premier League title, I think that's, that's very boring. Well, sit, children. Let me give you the subject of the day. Back in Long Beach now. Coming straight from the LBC. I drove to visit Anthony today, which was fun. It's nice. It's not hot. It's not hot. It's fall, (laughs) finally. Fall. We always like to give weather updates. uh, (laughs) Yeah, when we don't really need to because we live in Southern California, everyone knows. I know, everyone's like, shut the fuck up. It's not cold. No one cares. It's 12 degrees where I live. It's 12 degrees where I live, yeah. Uh, Man, we we got a dope episode today. I'm extremely hyped. It's our third in a row. Third in a row that's been back to back to back yeah. to back consistently, uh, as far as like uh, timing wise, which is great. But wild ass shit. You know, the good thing about soccer, I was thinking about it this week, and I'm like, man, what if we ever for- don't have things to talk about? And then I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's year round, <laughs> constant. <laughs> and then Syria, and then <laughs> it's just a fucking mess. So today we're going to be talking about LAFC crashing out of the MLS Cup. Heartbreaking, of course. I was in attendance. I don't think Anthony was, but I'll get into it. I give you my ticket. I, I was did. tied up that Duh. day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the nitty gritty of that. We're going to talk with my, the homie Justin Sahani, uh, Guerrilla, uh, Guerrilla FC. Uh, he actually just did an amazing collaboration with uh, Pullman Marseille that I'm really excited to talk about. Also, he lived in Milan for quite a bit. I think he recently moved to Paris, if I'm not mistaken, or he is in the process of doing that. But I want to get his take on what's been going on in Italy because it's been, uh, yeah, a bummer with uh, a lot of weird racist things happening, in particular to Mr. Mario, uh, Mario Bellatelli, who has been pretty much our whole his whole life uh, has been uh, accustomed to that sort of stuff, being uh, born and raised in Italy. Um, after that, we're going to get into the Palace-Juventus collaboration, which to me is one of the biggest collaborations, biggest slash best collaborations I've seen in quite a while, outside of maybe like PSG and Jordan. Um, I think it's all over PSG and Jordan. I think it's better, but yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know as far as bigger, but I think it's, you're right, I think it's better. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that Gomez leg break, uh, La Liga's heating up, um, yeah man, Leicester's doing well, Liverpool's grinding out wins. Uh, Mr. Uh, what's Emery saying? <laughs> He's just a quote factory. <laughs> just a, a nothing man right now. It's unfortunate. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but to start off the show, we're going to talk to Mr. Justin. So let's give him a call. Yeah, we're going to give him test this out right now. Yeah, he is uh, in Europe. So <clears throat> hopefully this goes smoothly. If not, bear with us and we'll get into the show either way. Oh, we got that. We got that beep. It's not a ring, so I'm yeah. assuming it's uh, it's coming through. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's going on? What's up, brother? How you doing? 
I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Just here with my cousin in Long Beach on this beautiful day. You are in Paris, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Paris. I've been in Paris for about a month now. Awesome. Yeah, I knew, nice. I knew the move was like fairly recent, but you were in Milan when we last spoke. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was living in Milan for about two and a half years, and then I just got a job uh, over here. Awesome. Congratulations. How's the move been? How's everything been going? I'm sorry? How has the move been? How has everything been going? Yeah, um, <clears throat> slowly, slowly. I'm, on, I'm actually on a three-month contract. Okay, cool. And then I find out if to make it permanent. Nice. Um, but uh, it's it's going good so far. It works pretty cool. Um, and Paris is a great city, so hoping to, to make it permanent. And then, you know, but until then, everything's kind of kind of up in the air, like, you know, kind of temporarily, you know, not a lot of permanence, but, you know, yeah, everything's going well otherwise. Good, good, good to hear. Um, so for those of uh, our listeners that aren't initiated, uh, aren't initiated or aren't familiar with you, can you give yourself, can you give just like a brief background of uh, what you do, how you got involved with soccer, Gorilla FC, et cetera? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started Gorilla FC, which is a um, creative studio slash club. Um, so I was I grew up in the DC area, and then moved to DC after some time abroad. Um, and so I started it in 2016. Effectively, I got a group of guys together that I knew in the city. Um, who all kind of felt like certain things in the city weren't really happening related to soccer culture, um, you know, influencing a bit of creativity and other things like that. And so, you know, a lot of the leagues in the city, we just felt were very much about show up, play, leave, and we wanted to build a community and also build an outlet to be creative and do other things. So we started with um, a seven-a-side team, and then we just started to attract like a lot more creatives. And then the guys that we had had from the beginning also kind of input their own creative energies and we started to make like our own clothes and started to collaborate with brands and um you know do a lot of things and it it took off a little bit and then um you know four uh, almost four years later now here we are and doing you know bigger things from time to time and yeah really enjoying it um me personally i grew up playing soccer obviously and then um went abroad and played a little bit uh, in Lebanon, um, had a bad injury, but still wanted to be involved. You know, I'd had done some coaching licenses in the in the states before got my C license, and always wanted to stay involved in the game somehow. Um, but I didn't really want to be a youth coach forever. And then, you know, at 24, 25, picking up a bad injury and never really thinking I was going to go that far with it, anyways. Playing wasn't really in the question or really, you know, in the cards. So it was like, how can I contribute to, you know, soccer in a way um, that kind of fits my skill set and my, you know, what I want to do. And I think, you know, that this is what I found now. Is so uh, basically being head of a of a studio of a brand, um, kind of doing some art direction, some creative direction, and and kind of handling the the vision behind this whole project. Hello, Justin. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you. I thought you uh, cut out. Cool. Uh, great. So last we spoke, it was with uh, Kicks of the Pitch, 
and uh, it was maybe about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and I kind of met you through Twitter, us going back and forth, and then I saw a lot of your, uh, the creative stuff you were doing, and then we were working with uh, Raymond uh, quite a bit, so that's kind of how I got uh, initiated with Justin, and then we just became, kind of became friends through Twitter and just uh, through conversations we had um, on the podcast, so uh, also he just like... A lot of what a lot of what he says, I, I echo or vice versa, and I kind of agree with a lot of his uh, with his disposition on a lot of things. So I uh, just became kind of homies over the internet, really, like is, which is kind of normal nowadays and, and a little bit odd. But internet friends, yeah, internet friends. But uh, it's cool to have you on, man. I'm super excited because this is uh, me and my cousin doing our own thing. So <clears throat> I'm very glad to have you on. Um, now, yeah, I'm- yeah. But things have been moving in a different dire- uh, direction for you now. Uh, recently, I saw that you. Like I said, you were moving and you were kind of, we talked about creatively and how, you know, like soccer for both of us was this thing that we, you kind of move on in life and you do your thing and you, you got to make money and you kind of find your way, but it never really leaves you. It kind of just stays with you. And even when you do find the work and you're working within soccer, it can, you can get a bit jaded and you get a bit grumpy with it, um, but it still never really leaves you. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when it's your day to day and you got to wake up and even when you're not in the mood and you got to do it, like it's, I mean, I think the thing is when you have something that is, you know, eclectic and kind of pulls on different strands of your interests, if it is diverse enough, if you're not just doing one thing that's repetitive all the time, um, I think that for me was the, was the best way to stay fresh and stay at it. And that's one reason why, um, you know, I've been able to stay with Gorilla even when I'm, when it's my main focus or when I've had to kind of, you know, take a, taking a job here and there to, you know, like you said, to, to kind of pay my bills and make sure everything is straight. Um, but you know, to have these different kind of strands to pull at and to be into the creative side, the art side, the fashion side, like I think that really kind of keeps you going and keeps you, keeps you interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. As much as I get jaded and I get grumpy and whatever, whatever I see, like something new pops up or you guys are working on something or someone that I follow or some friends of whatever I follow and they do something really cool and unique and I'm like, fuck, that's so cool. And then, it, you know, it sparks my interest and then I get motivated and so on and so forth. It's it's really cool to see. One of yeah. the things in particular uh, is very recent and I want you to really, you know, just give us the nitty gritty and talk about the Marseille-Puma collaboration. Yeah. Uh, I, I, people have been asking us about this. Um, we collaborated with them on the photo shoot mm-hmm. um the designs are actually pumas of course um but so basically what happened was marseille reached out to us um because they were coming to dc so this uh summer in dc four Liga teams came um i think it was marseille bordeaux saint-etienne and uh montpellier i think it was and so they had like a small mini tournament i think it was sponsored by ea sports mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew, we knew they were going to be in the city and actually, um, the whole kind of contact worked out just through an old contact of mine. I dropped a note saying, you know, it'd be really cool if, if we could do something. Um, and so then really short term before they came, Marseille dropped, uh, us a note on Instagram actually, mm-hmm. and was just like, Hey, uh, we've seen your work and we're impressed. And like, we'd, we'd love to do something with you guys. We've got, the, we've got these kids who want to shoot can you help us like find out a place where to shoot them? And then we can get your guys in it as well. Cause there were, you know, I was in the shoot with, with two of our other community members and then a few of the players. Yeah. 
And so, you know, we, we scouted like a few locations around the city that we thought would work really well. But the one that we really pushed was um, where we host our weekly futsal game. So for the past year or so, we've been hosting this futsal game. And it's probably the best thing we've ever done, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's just really organic, really community driven. Um, you know, we don't put like, you know, it's, it's organized and we put stuff into it, you know, brought speakers out. We have boards out We're you know, managing teams. There's a lot of work that goes into it and shout out to John Lynn and Chris Bowerbank and Adrian Kitterman, who have been like running it for the past year and organizing there every, every Sunday on time with bibs, with balls, with everything going on. But like, you know, you'll see some of these photos and some of the fits and the kits and, just like the diversity and, and all sorts of people, you know, coming out, different age groups and everything. Um, that's really natural. That's just really DC and how DC is. And so that's been really dope to see. So like when Marseille reached out to us and said, like, we want to do something that's, you know, kind of urban, kind of street, really kind of the things you guys have been doing. Um, we told them, you know, we, again, we gave them a list of places, but we really pushed to try to get it at our futsal court. And that was the one that they picked and that, you know, that's so now like if you go on, their their social um, you you might see some posts and if you go on ours you can see some posts yeah um, of like Dimitri Payet Hiroko, uh, Hiroki Sakai and Morgan Sanson, um with us like at the at the futsal court so that was like a really cool moment to bring you know what has been our base our home for the past year and then to bring these guys out there and to do you know something together there so that was really that was really dope. Yeah, that was really cool. It was uh, in time for uh, the uh, how, what is it? What do what they call the like the the classico in uh, in France? Le classique. Am I saying it right? I'm sorry. What do they call the classico? In, yeah, in, the classique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like right in time yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they played. I think was it like a week ago. Um, it didn't go so well. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know. I was like, man, this job is yeah. amazing. And then I checked the score. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but still yeah. really fucking cool. Um, I love the story that you told of like, this is like, I think this is something that sometimes gets lost and, or like people overlook for a casual fan or someone that's like, oh, those are cool jerseys, but they don't know like the story that you tell of, of it really hits close to home. It hits close to DC and it hits close to Gorilla uh, FC because that's kind of that was kind of like your home base and like that's where you guys all met and played and you know it's just awesome to see that being spotlighted on a on a bigger level. You know what I mean? It's nice to be able to implement that into something as big as this. You know, so really fucking cool, man. Good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean- yeah. So moving on, uh, a couple of other things I wanted to touch on. You living in Milan, uh, there is there has been whew, well some uh, some interesting things. We'll say we'll we'll put it right. Uh, to me, Serie A has probably this is probably the best in terms of the league and how well it's doing in terms of like soccer. <laughs> um, but then mm-hmm. outside, Italy continues to be Italy. You know. And it's really fucking frustrating and irritating. Um, and most recently we saw, I mean, literally, was it Sunday? Was it yesterday or Saturday? Uh, the yeah. Bal- the Balotelli incident. Um, for someone that's, yeah, that, I that's, believe it was yesterday. Yeah, for someone that's lived there, can you talk a little bit about the vibe and the culture in Italy and why this exists? Even even earlier in the season, I forget who it was, there was, an, there was a situation and then Inter fans came out and almost like, publicly said like no it's just kind of like what we do 
in the stands yeah. and it stays in the stands and everyone was like, what the fuck are you, like, what are you talking about, you know? Uh, can you touch on it, give your views, right. your opinions? Obviously, you're a little bit closer to, to Italian soccer than we are, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm not a, you know, an academic studying race or anything like that, but I, I and I'll quantify this in a second, right? So the, the, the incident you're talking about was um, Lukaku playing at Cagliari, which is Sardinia. It's like an island. Um, yes, yes, that's that was the first of, uh, the coast of Italy. That was earlier in the season. Yeah, and then the Inter ultras wrote in and were like, because you know, you know, they they went through the whole thing of like, you know, no to racism and whatever the, the same steps that are always walked out. And then the Inter fans wrote that the ultras wrote and um, said like, yeah, uh, actually Lukaku, really have to believe us. This is not racism. We know there's a lot of racism in Europe, but not in Italy like the rest of the place. And you know, this is just done to intimidate, but trust us, they're not racist or whatever. And actually, you know, a lot of Inter fans that I spoke to said that they were really embarrassed about that, too. That they were like, you know, the, this, there's a section of the ultras that are just really embarrassing. This and put this in, like, the greater spectrum, right? I mean, there's a number of things happening in Italy. Now, let me say, like, I'm, I'm like, more or less a white European passing Arab person, right? Um, I have a European passport as well, like from Arab descent. But like, if I walked on the street, nobody's gonna stop me and think that I'm not a European. Yeah. But that being said, when like I would go and do paperwork at various places, um, you know, I experienced it. My dad experienced it. My wife experienced it. My wife's full Lebanese, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's born in Egypt, and like we would go into, even though my dad is also white passing, he also has a European passport. We would go into these, uh, you know, to do our paperwork, and we would experience discrimination, um, you know, people just being very rude, the fact, you know, make comments about us being foreign and stuff like that. And so sure. this is like a very small-scale thing that I can't imagine what it would be like on a grander scale if I was, you know, a visible, a more visible minority, right? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so I just want to quantify that for a second. Now, now the thing is, is like what we see in Syria are, uh, is and what we see in football in general is often reflective of society in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in a place like Milan, Milan is one of the most like let's say left-leaning, uh, anti-racist. Uh, they are like cities with the biggest anti-racist movement in the country, but still, in terms of how they view racism and how they perceive it compared to other things, it's still really far behind than a lot of other places in Western Europe and behind places in the States as well. Yeah, of course. course, their history and how they've dealt with race and racism um, is different and it's unique and everything like that, you know. Um, and there are probably ways that it's slightly better, but there's also a lot of ways where it's it's worse. And so um, without kind of going into like a whole history and, and trying to make really widespread comments or condemnations or anything like that, I think that Italy has a lot of issues it needs to work out with regard to race. And I don't just say that in terms of like people chanting, but even well-meaning, maybe more liberal types and how their understanding of race and racism and, and, you know, being a minority in a place like Italy works. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And that is very obviously reflected in a lot of stadiums. Now, we hear the worst cases where Balotelli kicks the ball off the pitch and then tries to walk off. We hear about Lukaku being upset. But these sort of things happen incredibly often, and it happens against way more than, um, you know, just like the top-level black players. I mean, when this happens at the professional level, you also have to think about all the levels down. I mean, I've 
Yeah. Um, had teammates that were, you know, actively called out in amateur games and things like that. And yeah, casual racism is all over the place. And that's, so it's, that's it's what, really a systemic societal problem. Dude, that's what, that's what is, I think when I, when you think of it on that level, obviously the, these matches and these things end up being like microcosms of uh, a bigger problem, obviously, right? So to me, when I see something like that, I'm like, how is this happening in a league like this with with these types of teams? With How is this happening? You know what I mean? How is this allowed? How is it okay? Why does it continue to happen? And what seemingly the league has done nothing. You know what I mean? There's, there's, yeah, I there's mean, fucking look, nothing happening, and it's infuriating. You know what I mean? It, it, it makes, it just makes absolutely no sense to me, man. Like it's, it's wild, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and I think a lot of it is you have to look at the people in charge. Um, there's absolutely no diversity of yeah. the people in charge. I mean, immigration in Italy is relative. Like, let's say larger immigration from North Africa and and the African continent in general, as well as other countries, um, has been, is like more recent than in, let's say, the UK or France, for example. It's like bigger, like bigger numbers of immigration anyways, right? They've entered in a lot later. And so now, you know, it takes at least a couple of generations to have people represented in a bigger way. Yeah. Um, that started to happen in Italy, but it's always slow to be represented, right? Like, we're still struggling in the States with representation. Ooh, you know, France is still struggling with representation. The UK is... Yeah. And so Italy is way behind. When you turn on the TV, it's you just see white Italian people. You don't see any black people. You don't see any, you know, mixed people or anything like that. And, you know, I mean, this is anecdotal, but I've heard a lot of different cases of people who are foreign or even people who are raised and born there. And this also ties into things like the laws and, and citizenship laws and how they view nationality and everything like that, where like it's, it's much easier to get the, nas- the Italian nationality if you have like an Italian grandparent but don't speak a lick of Italian and never lived there <laughs> than so, if you move there at three years old with foreign parents. You know what so I mean? weird. And you're fluent and you know the culture. It's, yeah, it's just it's the nationality laws. And, it, and, you know, in my opinion, <laughs> they're quite discriminatory. Yeah, of course. Um, that might make some Italians upset, but that's not something I've shied away from doing since I lived there either. So, yeah. you know, look, like the the Federation, you're going to look at the represent people who are represented. None of them look like Mario. You're going to look at the people making the rules, even the people who make the rules at FIFA. Like, if you go from top to bottom, why is FIFA not cracking down on Syria A, on, Itali- on the Italian FA? Why is the Italian FA not fining people or not making big level um, fines or suspensions or whatever for the sort of things. And even now, I think only certain groups of players are starting to even get this, right? Like, Balotelli tried to walk off, and what did all his teammates do? And what did the opponents They're do? Like, they either no, try no, to get him sent off or they try to stop here. him from going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? It was like, similar. It reminded goal, me of... Show the racist. Was it at all? I was... I mean, this was... Someone brought this point up, and the parallels were were so like startling. I think it was uh, Eto'o at Zaragoza, I believe, uh, when he was at Barcelona. Uh, this was like early two thousands. Similar, similar kind of situation where some players are like, "Well, then get the fuck out of here, uh, get him a red card." He, you know, he's he's acting up, and then other players are trying to get him. You know, Xavi and these guys are trying to get him to stay. Um, and it's yeah. weird because like. You, uh, it's hard to it's hard for someone like me who who doesn't all I can do is empathize with that player and to me like those scenes are disgusting and they fucking suck. 
but I can't tell that human yeah. what to do or how to feel in that situation because that's not mine to really like. It's it's his. Well, it's I, his, you know, I think you know what I mean. It's his thing to deal with. Yeah, I think it says a lot when, because what are you saying when you say no, 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 stay like yeah, you're almost exactly. saying like your feelings are wrong, yeah, and yeah, exactly. what they're saying is justified. Yes. You know, that's the way that I interpret it. Yeah, like, I, and, I, and when I say know, what I said, I don't mean I don't mean that like it's his thing that he's that he has to deal with it and that's his own and we've and fuck him. No, I mean like I can't tell him how to react or feel about that situation. If yeah, I was his no, player, no, hundred percent. Yeah, if I was his teammate and he wants to walk off, I'm like, homie, we're getting we're getting the fuck out of here. That's what I would do. You know what I mean? That's my situation. Right. Because this is you should. Yeah. My thing is like you know just why not listen to people when people tell you something. And if they tell you it in good faith, then trust them, believe them. Why not? You know. Yeah. Um, and so, so honestly, like, you know, because the jealousy and tell he stayed on and he scored a fucking But I think, you know, the racists are going to go home and be like, "Well, geez, I was really wrong about that guy. Like, he actually can kick a football pretty good." Like, yeah, sorry, you know, you, you broke. Say, up a- this, is, this is not. You broke up a little bit right you know, there. They're not basing this on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was it's, just saying that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's. It's not like the racists are gonna. They're gonna see the goal that Balotelli scored. And it was a fucking fantastic goal. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like, beautiful. Yeah, they're not gonna see <laughs> that and go home. Yeah, and then go home and be like, "Well, geez, I I really considered this incorrectly. I didn't gather all the facts. If, you know, a black guy can actually kick a football really well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, that's." That's yeah. not what happens. And it's, you know, all they're going to do is wait until Balotelli's, you know, in his mid to late 30s or whatever and is not as physically fit and then keep raining him down and, you know, play the long game and feel like they've won. So this whole idea of, like, that's the best way to defeat them or to go shake their hands and great. Like, this isn't a fucking Disney movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is real life. And yeah. if you want to, if you want to, look, I don't think football can defeat racism. But what we have to do is try to make it so that it doesn't affect people in the workplace. You know what I mean? So either if you're a racist, you need to either shut up or you don't come. And if you get caught, you're out. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's I think, I think there's ways be, to yeah. deal with this. Yeah. You know, I think it can be a, a vessel and, a, and a, a, an example. You know, I think you're right. I don't think it is the be all end all because it goes beyond, I, you know, football and soccer are, are, you know, it's 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 incredibly powerful, and it has the ability to do so much. It has the ability uh, the ability to to bring things together, to heal, and, and a lot of things. But racism, in, in particular, is something so volatile and so. I mean, it's it's almost like DNA for some people, and it's fucking crazy. And you can't just reverse that. You know what I'm saying? But to me, you gotta yeah. set real fucking examples, especially in Italy. One thing you brought up was FIFA going looking at Italy, and why don't why are they quiet right now why are they not doing anything you know i don't understand like there's there's been nothing absolutely nothing you know what yeah. i mean and i, I don't yeah. understand it and this has happened for, for what they okay they're gonna play in an empty stadium okay so fucking what like that's that's pop you know maybe that happens and even in the in the uh in the inter game uh against Gagliari, they, the same thing right like there was a there was a little like there's gonna be no ban no punishment and then everyone moves along and everyone's like all right cool fuck it and it's like what and then it happens again, yeah. like a couple months later, and everyone's like up and up. And it's like, dude, this isn't this isn't like this isn't some fucking isolated weird situation. This is just going on, and you guys are like, cool, fuck it. Like, just like what? It's just wild to me. I don't, yeah. I don't. I, it just it's it's crazy to me, man. And and I think the bigger picture, like you said, is 
clearly Italy has layers of bureaucracy and there's so much sort of like people are scared to touch on, I think, and the higher uh, people in higher ups are scared to speak on it. I feel like it's also like, I think they're, yeah, I think they're scared and they also just don't care. They don't care. You know? yeah. I, they don't care. It's not a big deal. They don't understand it. Um, you know, about that. Oh yeah. Well, he, you know, it was partially his fault. Like, brother, yeah, no. Like, I mean, it, it, like victim blaming. At some point, you, okay, here, they're wrong. You can have a fair It's just a country full of thieves. You know, it's, there's something systemic. There's something on a bigger level that needs to be sorted. That needs to be solved. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, again, the question. I think the question is. Uh, what role does FIFA have? What role? Then, of course, individuals. They need to learn. They need to listen. They need to do better. Yeah, one hundred percent. Fans, they need to do better. They need to do better. But you know, institutions that you know that are able to educate, they need to start taking steps to do that. You know what I mean? Whether it's policies or education or a mixture of both, you know, there needs to be, you know, needs to be put in place so that this does not continue and so that. Because essentially, the way I said it is like, it's a work. Sorry, brother. Hold on, really quick. You're breaking up pretty bad right now. Uh, let me let me try to see if you could fix the phone really quick. Sorry, Justin. Uh, don't mean to stop you. The the you're just breaking no up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just the it's signal. just back and forth. It's just a signal. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and go ahead and uh, speak again. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, there, we just saying, there we go. You know, and, and, and yeah, in a sense, it's a you know, it's a it's a workplace thing as well, right? Because even if you're dealing with a client, and let's say the fans in this case are the clients, right? If you're dealing with a client who's berating you in a racist way, then you're well within your right to walk, and you want your company to back you up, right? So in this case, you want your club and the league and and everybody who has any sort of power to be able to back you up here, and they're just not doing that. And so, yeah, ultimately. You know, in my mind, what's going to happen is guys like Batelli and Lukaku who are, and Kulubali and, and you know, other stars that are racially abused will just leave Italy. The thing, the thing that I found yeah. from my there is I don't think, I don't think it's that they really care. I think they're fine with their league just, you know, being the way it is. And even, even though it hasn't been very good for the last 10, 15 years, yeah, you know, but... yeah, it's better this year. It's, it's improving, but I don't think there's the wherewithal in the fights to want to change anything. No, 100%. And I think about classically growing up, I think about Italy. And when I looked at those Milan sides and Inter, you know, phenomenal playing there. And you think of Ruud Hullet and all these, you know, George Weah and so on and so forth. You think of Maradona playing at Napoli. You think of Veron and uh, playing at Lazio. You think of uh, Crespo playing at Parma and all the, and Buffon. And, and, and there, there was these classic sort of 90s teams that we grew up on. Yeah, that was I mean? the epicenter of football. That was the epicenter the of football. the 80s and 90s. Yeah, man. And that was like this, this, it was magic to us a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so to see... Yeah. But you know, back then, back then it was even worse. No, I yeah. know. That's back what's the, that's what's crazy. We didn't know yeah, that. There was no internet. There was no phones. <laughs> you didn't really yeah, know what well, was like you, going on. If you guys saw, did y'all see the, the Maradona documentary? Yeah. It actually addresses that about, you know, being, uh, playing with Napoli and then going to the Northern teams and the sort of banners they would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And that's I mean, so bigotry I within the country, like within the, the borders. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. 
Actually, you know, it's interesting. When I first got there, I met some guys. I was I was trying to do this story on this uh, club, I guess you would call it. They 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 play in Kunifa, which is like the you know countries without a country. They play outside of FIFA, mm-hmm. and so one of them is, is this region called Padania, which is basically, as far as I know, it's kind of a made up region that was started by the Northern League, um, and they've come out recently saying something like, you know, we're not like that anymore. Uh, we're not just for people of this region. Like it's just it's just we just think we're not trying to separate. We're not trying to i'm not sure if i completely believe everything that they said um <laughs> yeah. brother Enoch actually played for them briefly oh, wow. um but you know when i went and saw it, there was no real you know there's anything like that and one of the guys i spoke to was like a press officer and he was like look you know it used to be uh north versus the south now it's uh you know, italians versus you know foreigners yeah. And one day it'll be is alien, <laughs> and the other is always be the hate. Yeah. But you know, still, I mean, yeah, the, the racism crazy. towards the south has maybe got gotten less as there's been this sort of push towards mm-hmm. immigration. But a scholar I spoke to said probably the most interesting thing, and I think this applies to really any country. Um, but he said, you know, if you really want to look at who a society does not like or does not appreciate look at its jails and the people that you see in jail will reflect that. And mm-hmm. if you look in Italian jails today, you know, 30 years ago in the North, it was all Southerners, but today it's mostly, you know, Africans, uh, Arabs and minorities. And so the yeah. over a period that. Yeah, I mean that's that's facts, man. Well, I mean, hopefully things get better. I, you know, it's 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 frustrating, and I don't know. From my perspective, it's just like, you know, I was excited to see the rise of Serie A again. I, again, I kind of idolize and romanticize these teams, um, and it's getting a lot better. You know what I mean? There's cool shit happening in Italy. There's good players. Um, you know, and so to see this, it's just like fuck, man. It's still so archaic on so many levels with so many things it's it's disheartening yeah. and it's frustrating you know and i really really hope something bigger comes and happens and, and makes things change i really really do uh but we'll move along that wasn't the best segue in the world to, going from uh the marseille drop to that but i that was just so hot on my mind i was like talking about it and thinking uh, about it on the way drive uh, on the drive down here so i wanted to get your take on it um i think the last thing i want to touch on is uh, i'm sitting across from a lifelong arsenal supporter my cousin uh you yourself are an arsenal supporter Hell yeah. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> how's, how's it going? Everything's been terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I don't remember where, if we discussed it last year, like where we came off, you know, to be honest, like I have a lot of, I have a lot of things to say about this, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I got, I got into the club because of Arsene Wenger, like his style of play, his values were really, things that I could relate to. And so, you know, I, I, I had kind of a questioning period when they appointed Emery because I was like, he's just not the guy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, you know, I'm not the typical fan who's like, when results are all that matters and, yeah, yeah. you know, I need this and that and the other. It was like a practical appointment, I, you know, I guess. It's practical, but I don't follow football to be practical. <laughs> yeah. And so... Anyways, you know, I kind of question, like, okay, you know, like, where do I fall? Am I am I a supporter of a certain style of play? Am I a supporter of a club and everything like that? And I was like, look, you know, like, 
I, I do support the club, and even though this isn't the manager of my dreams, you know, how long is he going to be here? Two years, three years, and then, you know, maybe we'll find a way. And, and so I started to think again, and, and I was discussing this with a friend of mine uh, recently, like, okay, so what does it mean to be Arsenal Football Club, right? Because in the old days, football clubs were communities, and now they're big corporations, so, yeah. so what does it mean? The thing is, Arsenal was probably never just a full-on community. It was always kind of a commercial outlet in some form or another. Um, and that's not, you know, obviously fans have relations amongst each other, but being a guy who moves every three, four years or whatever, like, I don't have that same sort of community. So for me, Arsenal, dating back to the Wenger days and even probably before, is like, it's a club of class, it's a club that does things the right way, you know, and all these sort of things. And so now, you know, we don't have a style of play. We have a manager who... I don't want to say a lot of bad things about. I think anybody who's seen my Twitter knows I'm not a fan. Of, but like, you know, like it's not it's not my style to go on and just like slag people and be like, you know, I don't want to be Arsenal fan TV because I can't stand this like idea of fandom. I'm not gonna back the guy. I'll never back the guy because I've never. He's not. He's just not my guy. Yeah. But I think we have a decent roster. I think we should be playing in a totally different style. I would like to see at least steps put towards somebody coming in who can help us play a good way. So the thing I'll say is that I really am like mind blown that people are calling for Mourinho to come in. (laughs) And and I know like, I know like in Italy, you know, you can coach three different teams. You can play for the big three or four or whatever. No one really cares. Yeah. But like, Mourinho is the antithesis to everything that Arsenal is supposed to be. Uh-huh. If we talk about style of play, if we talk about values, if we, and the fact, okay, I know they've like gone on you know panels together recently and they've got like a mutual respect or whatever, but bro, like he trashed the club so many times, he trashed Wenger so many times, and for people to be like, you know, he's the guy we need, I like, I think if they are to appoint him, I have to look in the mirror and say, okay, who like why do I support this club? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I've had friends be like, come on, you know, you can't say that. It's a like, but like, really for me, the, in, in my relationship with this, and you can say it's plastic or it is what it is. Like, I don't really care for me. Like, that's a question I would have to ask myself. Sure. I, I, uh, I, I agree. And it's funny. I brought this up on the, on the show, maybe two, three weeks, uh, two, three weeks ago. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, it's it's odd because for most of my lifetime, I've just known Arsenal as as Wenger Ball and like beautiful free flowing, uh, the Invincibles, Henri Vieira, these guys, you know these these legends, and always 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 with a style and with a with a DNA to their football. So I always just thought of it as that, and and it's just crazy how things change so dramatically when a, when a person like that is taken out of the club. Um, because I yeah, think I'm pretty I mean, sure he'd be doing a lot better with these players. Well, like, like you look at the statistics, and it's they're not too far off. His yeah. last 48, and then his first 48. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just kind of pretty close. Yeah, and I, and I mean, it's hard to judge, right? Because on the one hand, look, I don't, I don't buy Wenger's last season as being an accurate reflection of anything. It was pretty clear at one point we weren't like play B team players and go full on for. Europa League. So when people say that, like, you know, last season was a disaster and it was bad, like, it was bad. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. But there, you know, it was not. We could have won more away games if we had tried to win away games. But we were really focusing on the Europa League at that point. So I don't completely buy that. As well as like, 
look, entering a new team, and even this season, I think there's an argument to be made that, you know, we changed a lot of players in the last year to 16 months, 18 yeah. months. Yeah. We changed a lot of players. So it's basically a new team in a sense. But the thing is, is that there's not even flashes. Last year, there were flashes. And I, you know, at first, I think my thought was like, okay, these flashes are kind of left over from Vingerball, but, you know, maybe Emery can get us to play in a cohesive way and that'll be okay. <laughs> but even those flashes are gone now. And furthermore, is like, we have an attacking team now that Wenger hasn't had for probably yeah, since yeah. like the Fabregas era yeah, or even yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, just let, just let, like, I think we could get rid of, like, I'm being a bit facetious here, but, like, I kind of think we could get rid of all the coaches and just let, like, (laughs) the guys pick the team. And once, once, like, Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Ozil step on the pitch together, like, like think of the gloriousness that you will see. Things will happen. Things will happen. Yeah, Yeah, that's the most And I mean, look, like, yeah, it's top level football. You need to have tactics. You need to have coaches. You need to have a plan. You need to have a backup plan. You need to have set plays and all these things. This is the modern game. But there is, you know, ultimately, if certain players are better than other players, most of the time, you know, the better team wins. The better players yeah. tend to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I know this is very simple, and I'm sure some guy on the internet is going to call me a noob and everything like that. <laughs> but like, I mean, this, this is the this is the truth of the matter. I mean, if you have better players, generally speaking, you win more games. And this is something that I think Pep Guardiola will even tell you that. And so I don't know. It's just just man, let them play, let them run free, give them some instruction or whatever. Fine, but like, put just put those four guys on the field. I just want to see them play so bad, yeah. even if it doesn't work. I just want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is like I hear. There's obviously like there's I think there's the alarmists that are just saying like like Arsenal fan Arsenal fan TV put Mourinho and we just want results we just want this then there's guys like you and my cousin there's a bit of a division there's guys like you and my cousin are just like put the fucking guys on the pitch and let them play yeah there's please. enough talent there you, yeah. you I want to see how these guys play yeah all of a sudden you unleash Ozil and look what happened you know what mm-hmm. I mean like you saw you saw the potential you know so um, let yeah. me ask you this to to finish off um, who would you like to see be uh, appointed as manager. Who to take over? Yeah. You know, to be honest, I don't really care. <laughs> I, and I know it's like weird to say. Just not Mourinho. Just I, not I Mourinho. Mean, like, if, if, yeah, really. I mean, if it's like a dream, I would like to see somebody like Nagelsmann. I think I think he's interesting. He's young. I think he's like my age. Um, he's You know, he's in his early 30s. He started coaching in his late 20s. Um, and he's got progressive ideas and he likes to play good football, but he's like very tactically astute. And, he, you know, so I think somebody like that, you know, ultimately, I think, and look, let me put it, let me put it this, like, I, I don't know how much of this is just down to Emery as well, because I think there's problems at the club that are deeper than him that were deeper during Wenger's era. And I think Wenger got a lot of shit that should have gone higher up. Um, and I think you know, we're seeing now how this is playing out with the politics surrounding Ozil and, and all this other nonsense. And like, you know, ultimately what I would really like to see is somebody who has the authority to like let the players do their thing. Um, you know, I, I want to say one thing, which is maybe kind of controversial. Like I'm a big fan of Glendozi, but I don't think he necessarily is the best choice to start every game for us. Mm-hmm. I think right now the biggest problem that I've seen and that I, I, I wasn't able to catch the last match, but I, from my reading, it seemed like 
Um, so our biggest problem this season I've seen offensively is connecting the midfield to the attack because our midfielders sit so deep, right? Like when yeah. plays really deep and Jaka plays really deep and Jaka is quite good at connecting the ball to the attack, but when he's deep and the other midfielder is even deeper than him, you know, we've just, just got this big space and oftentimes like Pepe would pick up the ball out wide and he's just very isolated and alone and doesn't have anybody to one, two connect with, lay the ball off to and from what I read, Ozo was able to kind of drop into that space, between, you know, the half spaces and the spaces between midfield and attack to pick up the ball and kind of carry it forward mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but, I, you know, I think right now, you know, I don't know who the best midfield three would be if it would be like a Ceballos, Torreira, Ozo, or even Guendouzi in there in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been our big problem. So I'd like to see somebody coming in who'd be able to sort that midfield because I think once that midfield is sorted, the attack gets sorted and the defense then you guys get gets stronger as well. Then you get that, going. yeah, because that, yeah, that deep seating, because I mean, one, that means you have more possession, which means the, the opponents have less and they're able to shoot less. And then, you yeah, know, I mean, we're able was... to press the ball a bit better and a bit stronger. It just, I think it would see a lot of our problems. I, I agree. Uh, I think there was something like 25 shots on you guys uh, last game or something, something outrageous like that. Yeah. And that just comes from yeah, not having possession. It, I mean, they just, I mean, it's, it's simple as that. It's very simple. You know what I mean? I, I think you're 100% right. Um, I think Anthony's agreeing with a yeah, lot of yeah, what yeah. you're saying. Uh, all right, brother. Last thing uh, we want to leave you off on. First of all, thank you so much for calling. I know. Uh, I got one bit, more question too. A little bit late. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hit him. Quick question: What are some of the keys for establishing like a good pickup group? Oh okay, yeah. Go ahead. In, oh, in your man. opinion, a lot of a lot of luck. Really? Because <laughs> uh, I've tried it multiple iterations, and it's just it's it's an art when you can get it going and consistent. Well, we have like for us out here. I don't know what it's lying. like in DC. <laughs> really? <laughs> lying? You said. I think for us, it's so, very difficult because LA so. It's not easy to get around in LA. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm in Long Beach cold. That'll take yeah. me two fucking hours to get there. I can't just hop on a subway or, you know what I mean? It's 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 not like most cities nah. for us out here. It's a little bit different, you know, but go ahead. So so I would say real estate is the most important thing. Like you guys look at VBSC. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. you know, it, it really is about real estate. If you if you have a good place to play, people will come. You know, they'll, they'll make time. Um, I should say you guys should connect with Ray because I know I don't know if he's still doing it every week, but he's been throwing some uh, pickup in Korea. Korea town. I don't know yep. if that's mm-hmm. yep. Ex- yep. if that's accessible to you guys, but but I would say this um, one is consist is definitely consistency, right? So like I and I I told the guys when I uh, when they were starting to run it every week is when I first started Gorilla and like we would do like an extra training session each week, which so would basically just show up and play pickup. Um, the first couple of times, you know, maybe we got a couple of guys out, but eventually it's going to take. Sorry, you, bro- you broke up again, brother. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we've been getting like little pockets and, and uh, here and there. Can you speak up again? I'm going to say like, there we go. Even if, let's say you let me put out a note and. Just momentum. Actually, there was a time where we had lost all our momentum because I went away to get married, and like one of the guys, six of the guys came with, and then back it was like dead. Nobody was running anything. So I ran the set. 
shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother. You keep breaking up. We're losing. We're losing a bit of a connection right now. Yeah, um, yeah we we keep getting pockets here and there. Uh, obviously, these are the troubles when you're calling when you're speaking to someone from Europe. But um, you good? You still there? Yeah, it's getting rough now. It's getting, it's getting real. Should we rough. just close it up? Yeah, but I'm gonna send you a text because uh, the connection is getting super bad. But uh, what I'll do is uh, I'll reach out, I'll get your little dissertation, and then I'll go ahead and uh, do a little voiceover at the end of it just to kind of get your uh, your info. But um, thank thank you very much for taking the time out to uh talk to us we appreciate all the information um as always it's it's super nice to talk to you we don't get to speak like over the phone very much um but we're always in communication with twitter so always uh greatly appreciated and always super nice to talk to you thank you so much for uh taking time out to talk to us greatly appreciate it brother take care yeah man thanks for having me on all right take care all right later man Oof. Oh, man. Uh, We're going to try Skype next time. Yeah, well, I think we got to yeah. do Skype next time. You, you know, the th- other thing is, like, I'm going to double check and make sure. Well, like, I, I shouldn't have been that bad because I'm pretty sure I was on uh, you know what you gotta do Wi-Fi next? calling. So that was one thing I, I was going to suggest. But I've done that also, and especially in big cities. Like, when I was in Paris trying to talk to people, or okay. like, it, yeah. it gets rough. It gets rough. Yeah, I have Wi-Fi calling on, so yeah. it sucks. But it just, anyway, it happens. I, anyway, Justin's an awesome guy, man. I love, love talking with him. Uh, he just has these really, he's just a really sort of, uh, what's the word? Analytical, like introspective, well-spoken person. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a tremendous amount of knowledge with the game on all aspects, on things that we love. And he's Not, lived in many different places. He's lived in many different places. He has his his his, uh, his hand on the pulse of so many different, like, poignant cities within our game, uh, you know, places uh, places, and, and, and things and dynamics and, and sort of uh, worlds, like, in fashion and things like that. So he's done it. It's not like he's just kind of saying it arbitrarily or just speaking on things and critiquing things. He's, like, lived it, and he's done a lot of these things that people try to do or try to get going um, and it's just fucking cool to, to hear from someone like that. So, uh, yeah, man, can't speak highly enough of that guy. That guy's fucking awesome. Um, cool, man. Let's, uh, keep it moving. Uh, since we're kind of talking a little bit fashion stuff, uh, spoke a little bit about the Marseille drop and things like that. Uh, pretty massive collaboration that happened over the weekend. Yeah, with the Palace Juve. Woo-wee! I remember hearing rumors about it and I was like very, very like hyper skeptical about it. I'm just like. Who, whose idea is this like and, and just like i'm kind of a purist i don't like i don't like cross-contamination with with football and other stuff but i i mean i have to say like after i saw palace is different yeah palace, palace is different i mean they're uk-based streetwear megalith like juggernaut yeah like whatever they do but but they don't it isn't you know when you think of palace i don't think of palace as like supreme or i don't think palace uh, i don't think of like, they're like european supreme but not really. You know why? Because I, f- I feel like there's a bit more authenticity and a bit more like a, like when I look at what Pata does, for example, Pata in the in the Netherlands when they do anything football related or soccer related, I feel like it's with some roots to the, who they are and where soccer is happening in their city, right? Mm-hmm. Palace has done that historically for me also. The uh, collaborations done in the past, they've done. I don't know if you remember that really amazing England kit that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've done some cool indoors and some... And they've just done a lot of dope shit, and they've done it the right way with the proper homage to, like, 
history and to culture mm-hmm. because they know it. You know what I mean? But yeah, there are they are massive, of course. But what I'm saying is when they do things, I feel like they do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, go ahead. But yeah, I was like very skeptical, and but then at the same time, I saw how how well they nailed the Wimbledon collection, mm-hmm. and they got it on some of the top tennis players, and the the, the female Adidas athlete, she ended up winning the whole thing, and I thought I'm like, well, you know, if there's a brand that can do it, they could probably pull it off, and as soon as I saw the like, all the buzz on the internet, I'm like, oh shit. The kits are kind of wild, and I like that they went with the traditional stripes. I like that they saved the traditional stripes for the Palace kit. I love the kit. I love the kit because we were seeing so many, like, cliche vintage drops or homage to vintage or homage to Bruce Banana, which, I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I love all that shit, of course. Mm-hmm. And as much as I say it all the time, as much as I'm cynical and as much as I'm saying all that stuff is passing, I just ordered a vintage Real Madrid kit yesterday. So, like, all these things, you know... Uh, it, it's just kind of like uh, they're they're cyclical, right? <clears throat> but this kit is not really an homage or anything like that. It's very modern, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's modern in a weird, in a weird, well-executed way, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I like it because when you think of Juventus, you don't necessarily think of them getting super crazy with their with their stuff, right? No, you think of it more as a conservative team. Yeah, but since the whole like since the whole logo change, the rebrand, the, the rebrand, things have gone in a different direction for them, and I respect. I have to fucking respect them for that. I have to tip my hat because they uh, they're doing stuff that you know, like when I when you think of Juventus, you think of, you think of them on the level of Real Madrid. You think of them on the level of Bayern, Barcelona, Manchester United, etc. And to me, this is a direction that no one else has gone outside of maybe PSG. And for a super club like that, a historically big club, let's yeah. make no mistake, Juventus is a big club, to do something like this, I think speaks volumes, and I fucking love mm-hmm. it. When I heard the rumors, I'm like, oh, it's they're reaching. They're, they're making that reach. And then this is also kind of touching back on some of the negative stuff we've been hearing about coming from Italy. There are teams like Juve that want a piece of that global market. They see the potential, and they see that they have these you know, clubs that are cared about from around the world. 100%. So it's like important to get past these growing pains of like cultural unrest and just like what, what, what they're dealing with in terms of like racism and, and, and just fan ignorance because stuff like this happens. And yeah. this is the stuff that kind of gets it's like eyes such in the a whole world. Fucking dichotomy, right? It's yeah. such a like thing where like you see something like this that happens within the same, the same week, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're like, what the, f- well, what the fuck? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's disheartening. You know, it's like, yeah. fuck, you know? Um, I saw the collection. The collection is okay, in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. the kits are the, by far the best thing. And I like the tracksuit. But I think the kits that they played in uh, over the weekend are awesome. I love that they actually played in them yep. over the weekend. I also think it's fucking crazy. What do you think Nike is thinking when they see Cristiano? <laughs> Oh, I mean, Cristiano has been like a poster child for Adidas, like low key for the past like <laughs> ten years. It's like as yeah. soon as he left uh, United, United, and it's also funny to me that like he hasn't the, been in an. Uh, well, he won the Euros <laughs> with Portugal and, uh, and all Nike. Sure, but. but let's let's think about like right now, people have been talking about Mbappe, right, over the past like couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lighting it up. He's arguably the best. I mean, he's fucking incredible, man. Um, love that kid. Can't wait for him to come to Madrid. <laughs> 
But since Liverpool announced the New Balance, uh, they won some sort of litigation with New Balance where they didn't no longer had to be sponsored by New Balance, and they announced that they would be moving on to Nike. All of a sudden, people were like, "Oh, we're getting Mbappe because Nike's getting uh, Liverpool's getting Nike." Mm. Uh, I mean, you could argue that Cristiano's probably the most marketable s- soccer player of all time. Him and maybe David Beckham are the top two, mm-hmm. and Ronaldo didn't play a Nike a Nike kit for ten years. Yeah, it's plus uh, yeah, it, it, but I mean, same thing with Messi too. Yeah, same thing. You with know, Messi's Messi been in nothing but uh, <coughs> nothing but uh, a Nike. Yeah. It's like the, the, this weird like contrast because some of like their most shining moments in their career they're wearing the other the other brand. Oh, without a yeah. doubt, without a doubt. I mean, four Champions Leagues in all white, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, the yeah. Uh, it's also soccer and skateboarding has a very weird relationship yeah. in terms of it's like. But also, they're like, they're like I've heard the term they're brothers of the foot. Yeah, because style is important. It's it's th- they're like working class games like you you just need a board you just need a ball. Well, dude, like we're thinking about like when we're talking to Justin, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking about he wanted a he said people would show up, play, and then leave, which mm-hmm. is like you think of maybe like NBA like or basketball pickup games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's softball pickup games, but it's a different culture mm-hmm. a little bit. You know what I mean? There's so many. There's like full blown leagues that exist all across the world of just creatives mm-hmm. for soccer. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. You know what I mean? When you look at a player, you idolize him. I idolize Zidane because of the way he moved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, it was like different without sounding style like, matters. It was, it was just different. It was, it was a style. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking style to what he did. And that's a core a component swagger. of skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard guys. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I've heard guys that um, been interviewed that that were involved with Chinatown FC, <clears throat> the Chinatown Soccer Club out in New York, and they said it's like a lot of our pickups. A lot of people that didn't even didn't play soccer before they gravitated towards mm-hmm. that because there was a weird similarity to like skateboarding. It's like felt like skateboarding with your friends, yeah. Where you're just you're not necessarily competing against anyone, uh, competing against one another. You're just kind of vibing and playing, and you're trying to make cool stuff happen on well, the field. Well, even even when you think of teams that you uh, are attracted to, mm-hmm. why did you like Arsenal? Style of play, style of play, yeah. the style of player they had. Yeah. When I look at old clips of Von Rhee, I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy was so fucking like swag mm-hmm. dripping from every orifice just yeah you saw something that arrogance was and just like but like this this just this fucking style he had mm-hmm. right this swagger it was just ridiculous right yep and versus watching like i don't know like a man united player or something you know what i mean <laughs> it's yeah. different it's or like uh chelsea Mourinho. yeah days, or chelsea Mourinho where, where, like parking the bus it's just like a different like i mean that might work for some people some yeah. might be into that style of play sure like winning is style of play <laughs> yeah, you're right you're right and even like barcelona right the tiki taka mm-hmm. when i think of madrid mm-hmm. counter-attack free-flowing that's why they would get rid of play- certain players that's why they would get rid of certain coaches mm-hmm. even if they won the league i historically go back to capello when he won the league in 2008 i think it was mm-hmm. He had one of the best like goal differentials. Didn't matter. Style of play wasn't the best. Out of there, right? Because they weren't playing that style that makes us. That is our DNA. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're right, man. I think there's these parallels that just fit, and it's it's so cool to see it on. I mean, when we were younger, did you ever think anything like this was even possible? Uh no, absolutely not. I never thought that. I guess I never really imagined that. Brands like Palace or like Supreme would grow to like almost rival 
like high fashion. Well, I mean, yeah, Supreme is straight up like doing Louis V and stuff yeah. like that. It's fucking insane. Well, they, those high fashion comes to them for yeah, what's yeah. cool now. Yeah. I mean, they, they have the finger on the pulse. That's mm-hmm. like the big difference. And I definitely like, it, it's just, it feels, I, I was skeptical on whether it would feel cohesive or not. And I think it, it kind of does. It does. Whereas I was not, I'm still very like unimpressed with, the Jordan stuff. Okay, that's a good, that's a that's a good parallel, right? Because that's yeah. really all we have to compare it to at this point. Because yeah, because you're bringing in <coughs> a, a a foreign entity into the sport, and you're putting on there, and it's like this represents us in a weird way. Yeah, and it just I just don't see so a little it. bit disingenuous. I just yeah. Don't see how the Jordan brand. I think I think I think the, like I think it, the argument is this, right? yeah. and I think what you're saying is like. I agree. I agree mm-hmm. with it. I've never... I like that Jordan is getting involved. Mm-hmm. I like that Bape is doing collaborations with PSG. I fuck with that. I yeah. like that. I think that's good. That's positive for all of us. Because um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. You know, it's like... It's it's more attention being put on the sport. There's for, for, no such... We're bringing exactly. in other people to I, it. I go back to this story all the time. Me and Ben went into the Kicks of the Pitch office one time and we see... You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Paul Pogba's antics, right? Mm-hmm. And his style and the things that he does is just... I think he's a little corny. But he's on the cover of Hype Beast, and I'm like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. what the fuck?" Like, wh- uh, and we both kind of look at each other, like, "Wow, that's good, right?" Mm-hmm. But when I look at PSG and Jordan, and when I look at Juventus and Palace, PSG and Jordan feels like it was made for, "Oh, this looks cool," and Palace and Juventus were like, "Let's be weird and have fun." I was just gonna say, yeah, it feels fun. It feels fun. It yeah. feels fun, yeah. and that's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Whereas it, it just doesn't feel fun. It just feels, uh, oh, it just feels like highbrow in a weird way. It just very like. It feels yeah. in a lot of ways. It feels like I, it's a bit of a micro, a bit of an uh, example or a, whatever you want to call it of streetwear in general. Where there's a lot of brands just making shit that your average person is going to be like, that's dope. I'm going to, or off white mm-hmm. or something. I'm going to, it's off white. I'll fucking wear it. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you, why do you like it? Is it, what does it say to you? What is it? How does it, because it's in your rule, it it's in your rule book that yeah. like, Oh, I, I, this represents me. Sure. Because sure. the internet Versus, says this should represent And I sound like, I probably sound like a fucking douchebag right now. I get it. <laughs> but this is just like, I think I, I, I agree with what Anthony's saying in that. Mm-hmm. I think what PSG's Jordan collaboration is doing is just making, nice cool things on a on like a nice pretty things on a on a surface level mm-hmm. and palace is being palace and getting a brand awareness yeah you know yeah exactly brand awareness but doing it in that in a way that's still near and dear to them and has always been their brand throughout they're one of my i dude i fucking they're one of my favorite brands without a doubt and i don't even own a single item of clothing mm-hmm. pa- uh, palace uh, i don't i don't own anything yeah you know what Neither i mean do I. but i fu- i fuck with what they're doing yeah and then you just look at the lookbook and it just looks it's just casual and it doesn't feel too serious yeah and then and if you go on the palace <laughs> website and you read the product descriptions on their clothes it's always been that way it's not serious at it's all. always been that way they're just inside joke after inside joke after inside joke yeah. and it's just it's who they are fun yeah and it's fucking awesome and it's crazy it's just awesome to see that they're doing it on a, on a level this big crazy 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 hats off to them i think it's the the best collaboration so far can't wait to for, for uh, you know for the future to see what happens with other clubs hopefully real madrid will do something cool that would be nice mm-hmm. i doubt it though um let's kind of rewind and go back to last week to a very heartbreaking 
situation almost a week ago at this point. Everybody really thought that was going to it, it, uh, it was I was over happen. here like, it's fucking destiny, bro. Yeah. We beat the galaxy. It's destiny. I don't know. And then I've always been like... Who the fuck like, I thought I was? But <laughs> in our group chats, I've always been like... It's you don't you don't win it till you win it. Well, first it, of all, first of all, fucking hard. You're an Arsenal supporter, <laughs> so you don't know what I don't know. What, what, <laughs> you don't know what happiness is. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So, so anytime so I anything, come with extreme skepticism, anything, anytime something positive happens with Arsenal or with any club, and then he's like, "Well, uh, <laughs> yeah." Know? Let me take a big shit in your heart real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you got to be ready for the fact that this might happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, going into that LAFC game, I was fairly confident. You know what I mean? But during the day, the day of the match, it started to hit me. It, I had the, the full day off, so I was taking my time, got, ran some errands. I was house-sitting my girl's house in downtown LA. So we were kind of – I was kind of just like – she was out of town, so I was just to myself, played a little FIFA, did some uh, laundry, got some lunch. And just kept it really mellow. But as the day kind of progressed, I started to feel more and more nervous and anxious. And I'm starting to think about, you know, I really hope... Because the way, even the way, like, a lot of the fans were feeling and were acting was like, we got it done. And we did, in many ways. Got it done against the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, that... Great. That was a big thing to get done. That was a big thing to get done. (laughs) But it wasn't it. It wasn't it, you know? So it's uh, two more wins on the table. Yerp. <laughs> so now going into that game, I felt nervous. Get to the get to the stadium <clears throat> and it felt different. Way different than the week before. Or actually a few days before. Do you think that the that the energy was a little bit subdued? One hundred one hundred and fifty percent. And I don't think anyone of the supporters will deny this. I don't think, I think it, everyone was off, bro. Yeah. And I think everyone had blown, the, I think everyone blew the wad. And yeah. when I say that, <laughs> I say that with the utmost respect to everyone because I love this club and their supporters and everything about it. It, it felt, we felt sluggish from, from, from the supporters to the pitch. It didn't feel like it felt against the guy, not even close. Even after we scored, I was like, we just weren't. We just looked. And that was a hell of a first goal. Lethargic, sluggish. Ugh. I was sitting in the supporter section, and there was these two like boomers in front of me. And you're not supposed to be able to sit there, but there people stand on these on these. There's kind of these like rails that you can hold on to for balance if you get tired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people have used them to like kind of post up and sit on, which I think is should be eliminated. It shouldn't be allowed. But these two dudes were sat there in front of me, uh, so I essentially couldn't really see. Uh, I had to look up at the screen, could barely see that because of all the flags and stuff. And then these guys were on their phones, I would say like 80% of the time. And then I just told my cousin, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I can't see it. So I went around, went to the uh, pitch side, and I saw the game from there. But when I was there, the players looked just a gear behind. They looked Mm -hmm. slow. And then, first goal comes. Rui Diaz is a beast. Uh, this is if if you've ever paid attention to him, if you saw him uh, when he plays for, if you ever paid attention to him when he plays for Peru, he's a fucking monster. Um, I knew he was going to be an issue. And uh, he he had he hadn't played against LAFC before. He had not played against LAFC before, but he's the reason for the Seattle's resurgence uh, mm-hmm. in the second half of the season, one hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, 
even still, got, uh, LAFC had their moments, right? But defensively, stuck in the mud. Segura probably had the worst game I've ever seen him play in an LAFC uniform. Um, Atuesta giving the ball up a lot, which is, if he starts giving the ball up deep like that, we're not doing well. Um, Tyler Miller, I, I'm sorry. You're just, you're not it, man. You just, you can't get... The second and third goal were arguably stoppable, but to get beat near post like that is, uh, I mean, it's it's a bit unforgivable to me. And doing what he did in the in the game previous to that with the Zlatan goal, again, another super savable shot, I just don't think he's the guy. I just don't think he's the guy. In a game like that, to give up those goals, it's just, it's just not for me. I don't think he did it. Carlos was getting double and triple team. I think people were kind of shitting on him, but... He can only do so much. I think I, the biggest thing that I got upset about was we're up, we're down two to one, and then we start the second half, and then Bob makes the Bob makes the uh, sub uh, substitution around the 60th minute, which I was like, wait a minute, like Brian needs to be in the in this game. He doesn't need to be taken out. He's causing a lot of problems. He was really the, to me the best player on the pitch, and then they take him out. And I know you want to get Dio in there, but we're going after the game. Latif gets hurt after that, and then we have to put in Javi Perez, who has, with all due respect, has done nothing all year. So it's just this thing of like, oh, man. Uh, just bad bad substitution. Unfortunate that Latif got injured. And then we start, they just pack it in, basically. And mm-hmm. they don't need to worry about the, the wings getting penetrated. They just get very compact, and they they park the bus and counter, and they score. They get a third, and then it's over. And it was heartbreaking. It sucked. Yeah, uh, I was listening to it on uh, a Mexican station radio on my headphones. Yeah, and it was just like, "Fuck, it's three one," and I was just like, "God damn!" It I, was so <laughs> deflating, bro. It was so <laughs> deflating, and so, ugh, it was just very, very, very deflating. Um, you know. Like, when we look at the... Obviously, you have to take a look back and think about the season, the amazing season, record-breaking, Supporter Shield, Carlos Vela MVP, qualifying for uh, CCL, CONCACAF Champions League. You know, those are the the little... Also, bonuses, you know. The bonuses, but it's not the cup. And you were one win away, man, Mm -hmm. from hosting it at the fucking bank. Yeah. And that's where it sucks. And it feels like shit, and it's horrible. Yes, you look at your... All the positives, you look at the amazing things that happen, but it still doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Uh, it took me a good like two, three days to really get over that that whole situation. I was not really things were real quiet in the group chat after that. I game. was not in a good mood, man. I was I was really grumpy because I thought it was I thought it was meant to be. I thought it was gonna happen. So to see that sort of performance and to see but you know, lesson learned, right? Just because you beat the galaxy in doesn't mean you win the cup. No. Um, yeah, you got over that hurdle, but it that is not the 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 be all end all, you know what I mean? Because let's say the Galaxy don't make the playoffs, we don't beat them this season, and then we win the cup, we feel pretty fucking awesome, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, arguably better, I would say, right? Not arguably, we would, we would definitely feel better. So, I think that's just something you have to take into consideration from everyone involved, from so the supporters to the players to media to everyone, myself, because in, in my head I'm like, we beat the Galaxy, we're good, we're fucking in it. No, we weren't at all. Uh, so yeah, heartbreaking. Um, and then Atlanta United lose the following game, 
And, yeah, man. It's and it's it, now it's, it's like the MLS most, Cup, and it's the most boring fucking MLS Cup. Oh my god. Well, I, I have a feeling the Sounders are gonna really like destroy Toronto. Uh, they're well, they're playing at home, and I think the link is gonna be a vibrant place. It's a good venue. You know what sucks? I have absolutely no desire to watch the game at all. I mean, well, that's how I felt with like the, the baseball World Series. Like, I mean, uh, Dodgers are out. I'm not watching. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, well, we have to watch it I because we, watch we're going to need to give our two it. cents on it. I will watch it. <laughs> I will be sad. I will. We're not just a bunch of Euro snobs here. I will not like it. I will not like it because now what's happening is like I've worked with the Sounders in the past and all of their organizations amazing. Their fans are dope. The, the Sounders are a club that I think have done it right and that. We've looked to for examples of how to do yes. it right, and you have yes, to yes, admit yes, that yes, yes. you have to give them their 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 praise. They're fucking awesome. They have a they cool do a thing. lot of things that they do a lot of things right. They do a lot of things right, and I give them all the respect and the props in the world. In that game, there was a lot of yes, there was handballs, there was shitty refereeing. But to me, if you don't allow those goals to go in and you score goals, none of that shit matters, right? That's how these things go. If you don't allow them to score and you score two more goals, you're in the final. Fuck those handballs. Fuck the whatever. Just focus on that. So, But to me, on the day, Seattle was just better, period. All the respect and praise to that club, to the team, to the coaches. Respect. Great, good job. And Toronto is a great and Toronto, organization, too. Michael fucking Bradley's in the final. Yeah. I don't even know what to. Th- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think. Um, but I, you know, I guess th- this is an example of what MLS Cup is, what the playoffs are, especially with these one and done games. I mean, it's a whole different monster now. You got to peak at the right time, and you got to fucking play on your night. Home adva- home field advantage it doesn't really matter. It is what it is. It is what it is. Who do you single, got? Single elimination. You got Seattle winning the final. I think Seattle's gonna win it. You know what? I'm gonna say Toronto. I'm gonna say Toronto. Yeah. I like uh, the way Pozuelo plays. Um, I don't care who wins. I'm not really like rooting for anybody. I, I'd be content <coughs> with either of them winning, just because like yeah. I, I I think they have very like good fan bases and yeah. Whoever well, wins yeah. is gonna be very hyped, and I agree. there's a good community of people behind supporting those teams. So 100 percent to whoever the the victor is. Yeah, let's. I can't wait for February. Uh, Concacaf Champions League. I'm looking to fly to Mexico or Costa Rica. Can't wait to do an, a proper away day in a foreign country. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the LAFC fan base that Woo! can't wait to do that. I mean, that's and that's how you're gonna extend the reach of the club. Like people out there are gonna know because I don't think any, another MLS team has traveled like LA would travel without a doubt. And what's awesome. You know, we have our we have family in Mexico. One of my cousins was uh, reaching out to us recently. He's like, it was crazy. I was in a pub, and they were talking about LAFC. They were talking about how they don't play in a style of MLS. They play very uh, good football, counterattacking. They have good players, um, and they have good atmosphere. So it was cool to hear that. And unsolicited, he just kind of said that on his own. It was, it was cool to see that. So looking forward to February more than I'm looking forward to uh, the 10th, which I believe is next week when the MLS Cup final will be. But either way, props to Seattle, props to Toronto for making it. Um, well, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? I don't know. Just I think I feel like it was a good episode. Um, you know, La Liga is kind of crazy right now. I think with Ronaldo being out of the league, with Messi kind of declining a bit, Barcelona lost 3-1 to one on the weekend to Levante. 
Uh, Madrid Atleti, drew, right? Atleti draw points, and then it's so funny because they played early, and uh, there's a lot of like Madridistas on Twitter, and everyone's laughing and talking shit. But then everyone's like, "Oh, we're not gonna take advantage of this because we never do." And of course, we tie at Betis. Handball doesn't get called in the box. Uh, very, very frustrating. But I mean, uh, La Liga's kind of wide open right now, man. It's 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 kind of a shit show. Also, uh, in England, before we go move on uh, to England. All the condolences, respect, speedy recovery, animo, whatever you want to say to Gomez, Andre Gomez, for that leg break. Brutal, 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 brutal leg break uh, yesterday versus uh, Spurs. Him and Son. Son was kind of tracking back, trying to catch him. Went in late. Went in a bit late. Didn't. Caught him. It, it's it's a bit it's it's hard to say because people are thinking people are saying it's not an Eduardo Taylor situation. No. Or, but um, it was Sun pushed Ramsey. So yeah, not a Ramsey situation. Eduardo pushed him into Arie. Arie kind of had was like the the wall, and Gomez went into Arie, fell awkwardly, broke his leg brutally. Um, so, wishing him a speedy recovery and all the best. Uh, but right now, again, England outside of Liverpool is kind of crazy, man. I mean, Liverpool pulling the rabbit out of the hat. These are the types of wins. I said this on the weekend. This is how you win titles. That's a championship. <laughs> Result. Yeah, uh, that's a cha- straight up. Mm-hmm. You're. N- I don't think they're gonna lose it. Even this this early, I don't think they're gonna lose it, man. Yeah. Everyone's they're drinking the Kool Aid. Laser focused. They have no sort of sense of. They have no sense of being defeated or lack. They j- they just fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's nothing else you can say about that. I mean, all the respect and props to them. I I have to give it to them. So far, maybe they get some injuries. Maybe something wild happens and they drop. A ton of points uh, going uh, going later on in the season. I just don't see it. Uh, Leicester, what the fuck is going on there? I mean, they're a good team. <laughs> they're playing well. Brendan Rodgers? What? I guess he, he does have, I guess, some coaching ability, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, he did very well at Swansea. Yeah. And then he, I think he just, when he went to Liverpool, he had a team in transition. A, in, a, the a too, too big, too much of a transition. Kind of maybe like Emery. <laughs> <laughs> Too big, oh, too, too much homework to do. But uh, yeah, let's finish off with Mr. Emery. Do you think he lasts till Christmas? Yeah, I don't know, man. For I, I've been reading things saying that like I Mourinho's camp is definitely like in the waters, like in trying to <laughs> oh, bring yeah. up stuff. To, it's a thing, to, dude. He, he wants it because I guess he said that he there's a rumors that he's saying that like I want to win major titles with three major English teams. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: there these rumors and these these little like mumblings or whatever you want to call it they aren't just happening for no reason they're mm-hmm. happening because i'm sure he's putting it out there yeah and uh, I, I think he he might go to spurs too oh man i mean i think he's whoever whatever vacancy uh, pops up first spurs is having a horrendous season but i you gotta get Pochettino. you gotta leave him there in my opinion oh uh, yeah yeah whatever but uh i don't know if uh i think internally i think emery does have the backing but it, it is so just because. But and I, I want the guy to succeed. Like, I appreciate him as a manager, but whatever he's doing, it, it's just not working. working. <laughs> it is not working, and I, and I feel bad for him because it is not do. It's not going well at all. At least he, he had the nerve to start Ozil finally, and it's just, I don't know how we can't get a win right now <laughs> it is so deflating to watch the team play like this and they're like 
there is a lot of talent on the bench. There is. It's not a bad team. I, I don't understand people say like we're, we're not a good team. Like there's so much tools. There's so much stuff that we can build from yeah. right here, yeah. and it's just not being put together properly. It's, they're not getting the instruction they need. They're not getting the, the guidance they need to actually like play well. Well, big game. You guys play Leicester next, I believe, Wednesday. Yeah, hopefully. We so can. allegedly, from what I read. He has this game to kind of like one and done. If they lose, then he's out. Oh shit! I think Miss Mourinho's waiting in the uh, waiting in the wings. And unfortunately, I don't have the same like. You know the I same like I, you know the same I cynicism mean, that Justin has. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. What he said about Mourinho is not wrong. I mean, he. I was like, fuck yeah, he he has just 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 shit on the club and our manager. But you're and, all- <laughs> uh, uh, the whole time. But at the same time, <laughs> I look at him almost objectively as a personality. And what he's done, like at Inter, what what he did at Inter is like when I really kind of got a little bit more enamored with him, and yeah. I, I, I and I always was kind of just impressed with his character and his just he's just hilarious. He's yeah. just a hilarious individual, and just it, it's such a character, for better or worse. I mean, he does some shitty things too, like <laughs> fucking giving like a uh, Barca coach like a wet willy. Right? <laughs> Just, just <laughs> weird shit. But I mean, at the same time, oh, it's shit. like. Sorry, I just laughed and like hit the mic right yeah, now. <laughs> there's, it's like, fuck it, try it out. I mean, to, yeah. this guy's. I mean, he's a legend. No matter what, no matter how he slices, the guy's a legend. Look, hilarious guy for a hilarious club. Yeah, I am fucking here for it. If he yeah. comes, give me some popcorn. I'm I mean, watching. that's why he's the logo of Voyeurs FC. Right? I'm watching. Yeah, it's because he is who he is. You know. Oh yeah, dude. I'm, I've uh, give me some Mourinho. Keep him away from Madrid, but give me some Mourinho. Yeah. Definitely down for it. <laughs> All right, bud. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, I think we're good. All right, man. Again, shout out to Justin. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.